Welcome to the Writing with Coach McCoach podcast. I'm your host, Katie McCoach, book coach, confidant, and cheerleader. Since 2012, I've helped hundreds of writers become authors, gain confidence, and grow their best stories yet. Together, we'll untangle the vines of chaos and uncertainty surrounding how to be a writer so you can grow into the author you are meant to be. Let's dig in, writer. Let's get ready with me while I talk about just a bunch of shit I've learned this year, right? So I want to kind of go through just some just life lessons, things that I've experienced this year. It has been a massive year of shift for me, and I just really want to share that. I'm just going to go through a bunch of different things that I've learned this year and tools I've used and just anything that I think someone might gain something from because especially a year where I I'm telling you that I started the year with probably the most self-doubt I've ever faced in my life and it took me all year not gonna lie it took me all year to really grow and change and start to reach a point where I actually am like oh I think I'm going to be okay. (laughs) And I know that sounds a little big and heavy and maybe a little much for this time of year. That's just how, you know, it panned out. Um, I was so excited for the beginning of last year. So for a little backstory, this time last year, I was launching a program. I was like, okay, this is what's going to change everything. This is going to be my epic thing that is going to just like rock 2023 I'm going to start it in January. It's going to be this huge, awesome program. It felt super aligned. I was so excited. I couldn't wait. And then I've convinced myself, New Year hit, and I convinced myself that it flopped. The reality is it did not flop. It's just I told myself that because I didn't get the number of people I wanted, that it flopped. And so even if you go back, you can listen to my there's a podcast episode from the beginning of 2023. And it's like what I've learned from failure. And so even though, yes, it kind of, it failed the way that I had it set up. I had the narrative that I flopped. I failed. I couldn't fucking do it. And then I I leaned into this narrative for the rest of the year of like, who am I to do anything? the things we would wish we could shake our past selves to recognize, right? I, yeah, so I I had this really big flop (laughs) and I'm still saying it, like, why? I had a couple couple people commit to it and I had a lot of people interested, but it was a very expensive program. And part of it is that it required me to do several things that if, if I didn't have a certain number of people, it wasn't really able to function in the way that I set it up live and learn, right? Like I recognize now I didn't have some of those things ready to be in place, whether I had the number of people or not. And that's something I learned. So in the future, when I set up another program, it will be a situation like, okay, well, what if you only have two or three people? What does that look like then? I didn't have adjustments ready for that. And now I recognize that was, well, 
you live and learn. And I learned from that. I also learned this was a program that required like an application. It was going to be like a six month, like intensive, like a cohort. I was really excited. I I mean, and I'm going to do it again um, or I'm going to do it for the first time, one time. So it was called the book edit collab. And I'm, I know this is something that's in my future, but it's probably 2025 thing because this is something that I have to really kind of set up to for a long time to make sure that it's ready to go and make sure that it'll work sort of no matter how the launch or sales go of it right um but i had unfortunately think i tied too much self-worth to it and so although there were a few people who were super committed and they were so ready and they were like this is what i need when i didn't get what i wanted out of it i believed i failed And I also told myself I couldn't try to make it happen. So I did like a little bit to try to see if there was a way to make it work. But in my heart, I think I knew I wasn't, I didn't feel right anymore. I didn't, I was afraid to show up and, and deliver really when it comes down to it. I was afraid to show up and deliver in the meantime, personally, I am also, I had gone a few months without some steady pay because I put a lot into this focus and then um, had sort of not put a lot of focus into some other financial avenues. So I was also running on like, oh shit, I need money. And then I also got diagnosed with ADHD, like right at this time. So I had started to think around like December, November, December 2022, I was like, hmm. So like my postpartum depression is mostly taken care of. My anxiety is not there anymore. I'm feeling better overall. But like, why am I so untethered? And it was really overwhelming me. I was like, mentally, I felt more stable. And yet I was, I guess emotionally, I felt more stable, but mentally completely untethered. I was like, I, I don't understand why I can't concentrate, why I can't sit and do things. Why is it so everything's so big and so difficult? I'm literally forgetting things all the time. I it would, you know, take my father to daycare three or four days out of the week, right? So almost every single day, when days when my husband's not, I would have the same three things to take to daycare every day. And without fail, I would forget one of them. And I was like, I, you know, sometimes I'm forgetful. I'm the type of person who I'll forget something important, like I'll forget my keys. But if you ask me, where is that paper clip? that you used two weeks ago i'd be like oh it's right there in that drawer and um it's sitting on top of this like so for a while i didn't think there was any chance i could have adhd i didn't know time blindness was a thing if i had known that at literally any point in my life i would have been like "Hmm, maybe i have adhd because your girl procrastinates the crap out of everything and is definitely time blind like time i sometimes it just I have tried everything to be on time, and I'm still usually not. <laughs> um, like any appointment, any event, or I'm like super early because I had to overcompensate. And then I don't like sitting. Like I don't mind sitting and just like doing nothing. I don't even need to be on my phone. But for some reason, I don't like having time that's not being used. I feel it's also like this millennial productivity thing. So I feel like every minute of every day has to be productive. 
So I had a lot of mind shifts, like things to go through. I had a, so what I had my kid in 2020. So I was also, he was becoming a toddler. And so a lot of things with toddlerhood were like cropping up on like, wait, everything you teach this kid, everything you show him, everything you model will actually have a consequence, good or bad. There's no like, oh, we're just keeping this thing alive. It's fine. It's like, no, this kid is watching you all the time. And I started being like, I don't, am I doing what I want to be doing? So I started questioning how I was, not just how I was mothering, but like how I was. I started questioning, how do I even teach my child how to make decisions? I literally spent last year looking up how do you make decisions? Because a lot of things from my past and as a child were coming up and I was like, wait, why do I feel like I'm trying to re-mother myself and my child at the same time? Like I was trying to tell myself my, like how, the decisions I made in life were okay. And then I was like, were they? Did I make the best decisions for me? How do you know? So I literally look up, how do you know how to make a decision? So at least like, it's good because right, I'm breaking things down in a way that, okay, well, how will I translate this to a toddler? How will I help my child grow? But also like, what am I showing an example of? And it just like, y'all, it was a mind fuck of a year. I didn't, did not think toddlerhood would be what broke me but it fucking was. It was toddlerhood. It's absolutely the most fascinating thing I've ever experienced in my life. Anyway, here I am a year later. I found out how I have ADHD. It makes so much sense now why I have trichotillomania. So trichotillomania is when you pull your hair and it's like anxiety. It's a, it's not exactly OCD, but it's sort of in that vein, um, I've, you know, dealt with depression, anxiety. I have dermatillomania, which is like also like skin picking. So it, now it's like a lot of people have that. Some people have both. I happen to have both. I also crack my knuckles like freaking crazy. And I used to do it as a kid, like nonstop, couldn't stop. And then I stopped, but it came back within two, the past two years. And it's like, I literally, it, it is nonstop. Um, and then I have, oh, and then nail biting, which kind of goes along with the trick and the skin picking. It's just like constant biting your nails. It's fine. I've learned to accept that this is part of me. And I'm just like adjusting to that. It's been a lot. It's not been, it's been a lot. Um, so anyway, here I am. Just my brain is just like, Lots of like moments of like, oh my God, oh my God. So that's been my year. It's been a lot of that. But you know what's been beautiful too? So what have I discovered after a whole year of, let's say, very consistent and repetitive work? Um, mental, like, you know, I've had therapy. I've worked with a couple different business type coaches. I have a money coach right now. Um, because that was kind of where everything manifested. So like the physical manifestation of all of the mental shit showed up through money. It showed up through a lack of money, showed up through overspending without recognizing that was happening. 
and it was all in my business. So it was like this this part of me that I I saw my business as me. And when I was struggling and I was dealing with self-doubt, my business is what took the biggest hit because it was just in my head, the business is me, the business is me. So when I'm not right, my business isn't right. That is a future thing that I'm still going to work on and realizing like, yes, I, I, my business is a lot of me. It's not only me. That is a future thing. Right now, I was getting myself back to, I have been doing this for over 10 years. Over 10 years. Started my business in 2012. I was 23 years old. All right, I'm 34 now. I'm a different person in so many ways. I've changed so much. And yet, I have felt the most unsure of myself ever 34 years old and I'm like I don't know who I am I'm raising a child don't know who I am don't know what I'm doing with my life even though I've been helping authors for 10 years they I literally had authors this year one of the authors I worked with in Rev Pit um for 2021 I don't remember maybe it was 2019 20 yeah anyway maybe it's 2020 she literally, so we worked on a book together for Rev Pit. She got her agent with that book. And then she got a deal with a different book. So her deal came with a, her next book that she was working on. And then she got a two book deal. Y'all, that just came out in October, came out on Halloween. It's in fucking Target. It's The Rosewood Hunt by Mackenzie Reed. It's a YA novel. It's in Target. So an author I worked with who got an agent has a book in Target, and yet I still am questioning if I'm on the right track of what I'm doing with my life. Am I helping? Am I even helping? This is I say this as a reminder that if you're in a place where you're, you're providing services for someone, I bet you are helping more than you know. Um, and sometimes you need to pull yourself out of the situation and be like, it's not about me. But I was making it feel like everything was about me instead of being like, what am I providing for my clients? How am I helping them? I'm being very honest with you on this. My money coach just called me out the other day on this. And it hit the truth bone real hard because it was like, you're right. I keep thinking I need to do something different. And I convince myself it's for my clients. But honestly, what it really is, is it's for me feeling better about myself. Okay, light bulb. Let's reel it back. Recognize one, I am enough. Two, I've got, I've got over 10 years on this. I have been doing this nonstop for a long time through so many changes. I've had a child, went through the pandemic pregnant with that child. Had the child when COVID was, you know, at its height in Thanksgiving. Um, and now I'm raising a kid. I could just go on. And so many things, you know, we've just, there are a lot of personal things and a lot of business things. So anyway, here's one lesson I learned. Uh, ADHD is beautiful. Yep. I finally got there. If you are 
neurodiverse or you recently found out because I feel like a lot of people have recently found out that they have ADHD um, or they're slightly on the spectrum um, or they deal with some things that they never knew or something because they've been what they call it masking where you've been kind of going through your whole life masking that you have this thing you're dealing with and to me that word always felt weird because I was like well I wasn't intentionally doing that like I didn't know but when it comes down to it you know I had figured out ways to get by and so sometimes you question like have I really have I always had ADHD so there is that part of me that was like is that just now but then you learn more and you're like hmm, this is fascinating of course I'm a mess um been doing this my whole life it's just now I have a kid and a business um that runs a little different because I have a kid and so the certain things just weren't able to continue as is so a lot of my tricks or ways I was able to get by or just like ways I was able to like just barely get by they just wouldn't work anymore because they couldn't ADHD is beautiful if you are neurodiverse you're beautiful if you're not you're also beautiful like you're awesome um if you do think you might have ADHD just go find out do do the process get checked um I'm really glad I did because you know I went through a period where when I first found out I was super like oh thank gosh there's a name for it like is this what's been wrong my whole life because it's one of those things where I've like yeah I have depression I have anxiety like why does it still feel like something is wrong like why do I still feel like I can't figure out what's going on and so it did give me that sense of, oh my God, is this the answer to everything that I have had a hard time with my entire freaking life? And and so that part was awesome. And then there's the part that's like, you go through, didn't you like, I didn't go through denial. Well, I guess like questioning, did I really, do I really have it? I mean, I got through this long, 34 years. I mean, do I really have it? And then you go through the, uh, I can't think of the right word, but the sadness, like, man, if this was here the whole time, wish someone would have noticed it sooner. And maybe my life wouldn't be that hard, at least at this point. But I sort of have that, like, I don't know if everything happens for a reason, but I do believe there's something to be gained from everything. And Things happen when they need to happen and when they're supposed to happen. And so in this case, I have to tell myself, okay, but would you have gained an, as much from learning it now as you did? Like if you had learned before, would it have helped you that much then? Probably not. I think the stakes were lower then. Now I have a kid and I am more determined than ever to get this business to be like, not just getting me by to make a living but to like have a fucking business you know like I want to employ other people I want to be donating to charities like massively I want to be able to buy a house I want to be able to give my son you know I want to pay for his college all the way like so many things you know so there was there's the the honest to truth god truth is if I had learned sooner it might not have made a difference or it might just not have done enough for me. Now I'm in the place where I'm like, holy cow, this has opened up so many windows and doors and I can do something about it. And I'm determined as, as all fuck. I don't think that's the phrase, but we're, we're doing it. 
Anyway, once you find out, if you do end up ever finding out this situation, um, especially as a female, get a therapist or business coach or or author coach or anyone who understands it. Because one of the best things ever was once I got my business coach. She's my business money coach, right? Um, she also is neurodiverse. And it has helped me so much. She's helped me unlock so many things to be like, oh no, that's your ADHD. Oh, that's your rejection sensitivity dysmorphia. I think that's what it's called. Um, that's your pathological demand avoidance. I was like, no, that's not something I have. Yeah, guess it is. Um, so she's not necessarily diagnosing me, but she's saying these are the things that show up sometimes. And from an outside perspective of someone who's very familiar with it, she's able to help me through it in a way that translates directly to being a bis- better businesswoman. Um, and then therapy is obviously great. Get therapy. And then they can give you real um, diagnoses and also give you medicine. Um, I'm, I will say Adderall has definitely made a difference in my life. And so do antidepressants. So. One of the things that's been really good about finding this out too is recognizing where I can lean in. So I'm not shaming myself for having ADHD. Why would I? It's just, it's how my brain works. It has made things very enlightening. It makes sense why sometimes my husband and I get in the fights we do because his brain literally does not work the same way or even close to the same way mine does. And I'm also a pretty emotional person, um, which again, ADHD, but also like I'm a cancer. Um, so I'm just emotional, but uh, that's been fine. That's been good, whatever, because it's part of who I am. And now it's breaking some things down and being like, okay, well, what is this telling you about yourself? Or what is your brain trying to do right now to protect you? Because that's what our brains are always trying to do is protect us. And the other thing is to recognize like there are things that are really good about ADHD, like the hyper-focus. So where can I set myself up to lean into that at times? I recognize that it would be, it was hard because work was tied to a very certain number of hours Um, because I would take my kid to daycare and then I'd have to pick him up from daycare and then I'd have to be on and then I'd have to. I'd be tapped. My energy would be completely zapped by the end of the day. But when I, before my child, I was able to just work whenever. So sometimes I would fuck around all day, but then I would work until 2 a.m. And it was fine because they're, you know, my husband didn't love it, but he understood. We were younger. We were in our 20s. And also I was able to just like tap into hyper focus and I could sit in one spot for like six hours, which is physically not great. But like not move because I'm so tuned in on what I'm working. So it made it so I could always do big chunks of developmental edits and things like that, or get really deep into certain things that need just like a lot of extra time and tasks and stuff. But once I had a kid, I couldn't do that. And I didn't realize how much it was feeling like I could never like 110% like disappear into something because I was so... I always knew it would come to an end and I would have to stop at some point. And that would be really hard for me. So now I'm able to recognize and be like, okay, well, what can I build for myself or set up around? So 
That means some days my husband's on duty, I take a different car and I might go to the office on, you know, Monday at 10 a.m. and be there until 11 p.m. Because that's how my body and like my brain, they it really wants that time to just like disappear and be nothing but just a brain that is going through stuff. Um, so so once you kind of have a better understanding of sometimes of things like that or the way you work, then it's a matter of how do you set that up set that up in your life? So this can apply to anything, right? So here I'm actually finally giving you a tip. If you are a writer and you found like, oh, you know, some things really work better for me. Like for example, I just will write better at a coffee shop. Well, either you figure out how do you get to the coffee shop and spend all day there or however long, or what can you do to set up something like that? So for example, there's a website. I don't know if you guys know this. There's a website that streams coffee sounds, the sounds of coffee shop. It's called Coffitivity. They literally have different streams of just like, as if you are in a coffee shop, they have like the lunch rush, the morning rush. They have like, you hear all the people chattering and stuff. You can play that. And simultaneously, you could even play your own music. You can feel like you're at a coffee shop. So it could like make that happen for yourself. So figure out what are some of the things that work really well for you. If I tell myself that I'm going to sit and write, you better believe that's never going to happen. I'm actually like, oh, hey, I'll tell me, hey, I'm going to go write in the room for 30 minutes. You know, like I'm just going to, so just like, don't bother me. Yet that does not work because the moment I say it, I actually don't do it. There's some, my brain is like, no, are you sure that's what you want to do? And so I'll sit there for 30 minutes and not do it. I'll probably actually, what I'll probably do is pull my hair for 30 minutes or some shit. I realize another thing that works for me, especially now it makes sense with ADHD, is that, and it makes sense, this is another thing about the trick and all this recognizing, wow, this is all probably related, is I pull my hair. So I found a few things that work for me. Um, I found that if I shave the side of my hair, I'm less likely to pull because I can't reach it as much. But if it gets to a certain spot, it's almost close. I might start doing it again. The moment I do it again, I just have to shave it. This is not how I want to wear my hair all the time. I do not want shave sides. But I'd rather not pull my hair and have bald spots that take forever to grow. And like this, I've it's been taking a long time because the hair doesn't grow back the same. Fun fact. And then the other thing, though, is like recognizing that it's a part of me wanting to always be in motion. That is a huge part of my brain actually processing things better when I'm physically in motion. So I listen to my clients' books a lot of times with my app. My favorite app is Speechify. Um, actually, if you go to katiemccoach.com slash Speechify, I have a referral code for you. So it'll give you, I'm not going to quote how much it'll give you off because I could be wrong. But it'll give you free trial and I think like 40 to 60 bucks off a yearly membership. And the membership is totally worth it because the AI voices that sound so much better. I think they even have a situation where you can record yourself and you can start hearing your own voice back. You can also listen to Snoop Dogg or a voice that sounds like Obama or Gwyneth Paltrow, I think. So you can, they're, they're these really good voices in different languages and accents. And I love listening to the, my clients' manuscripts with it because it allows me to do other things that are mindless but physically moving. So a lot of times I'll color 
that's one of my favorite things to do while I listen to things. I soak in more when I'm moving my body. I try not to pull my hair, obviously. Um, I will take walks, you know, go on a walk or walk the treadmill. I will do laundry. I will do dishes. I will do things that are physically keeping me moving. And I am much more invested than if I were just reading the screen. Um, so this is, and this is great too, because then I can always just like pause it and be like, oh, let me jot down a note or whatever, write a note on my computer, wherever I'm making notes, which is everywhere. That's one thing that will be a work in progress. <laughs> I got notes in too many places. I heard a really good tip from a productivity person one time and she was like, put all your notes, everything in one place, one app, just use one system. That is a huge game changer. And the times I've done it, it's very helpful, but it's still work in progress. But I want you to have that tip. Oh, and then the other thing that I realized is, so writing, I don't like to write and sit still. My brain, it's not, it doesn't come to me as much. I have to think I'm doing something else. It's like I have to trick my mind. Katie, you're not writing right now. You're doing something else. So one of the things I'll do is I will literally just stand and walk around my kitchen I'll just like kind of lean against the counter and then I'll kind of move around. I'll like shift. I'll like walk around the house. The whole time I am actually writing on my phone. I did not realize I was doing this for months. I didn't realize I've been writing for months, journaling, writing, content, all this stuff on my phone because I had told myself, oh, I'm just like kind of wandering around. I'm just doing something. Oh my God. I have probably almost a book written of not like a fiction one but I have so much stuff that I've written and it's so fascinating that I thought that doesn't count it 100% counts however you are writing you are writing so if you're someone who like oh and I voice memo myself you know so I'll record myself talking still counts guys that's my big advice is one of my pieces of advice lean in to whatever works for your system, for your brain, for your pro productivity, your well-being, and your happiness. I'm feeling so much better that I've been leaning into things that are just me and that it doesn't, it might not be how anyone else does it. Who cares if it works for me? That is all that matters. Let's see what else I've learned. Change takes repetition. Ugh. Right? Ew. How much do we not want to hear that? But it's true. My, my two things that I really learned this year are, these are my, like my, my mantras almost. The first one is, if you want things to be different, you have to do different. Like really sort of hate that, but it's so true. Ugh. It's so true. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, and then you're wondering, well, why am I in this position or why am I not reaching my goals? Well, if you want things to be different, you have to do different. If you're not reaching your goals based on what you're doing now, well, then what you're doing is not working. It's not the steps that are going to get you to your goals. So you got to do different. I know there are different versions of that, but that's the, that's the phrase that works for me. If you want things to be different, you have to do different. And then the other is that change takes repetition. In theory, we know like change isn't fast and stuff, 
But what happens is like our brains will recognize certain things and be like, I'm changing. I see my brain doing different things. I know that it's getting better. And it gets really frustrating when you realize it's taking longer. You're like, I, I know this. Why am I still in this place? So for a lot of this year, I've been working with my money coach. And so, you know, we finally got to the point where it's no longer like it's clear what's happening. It's clear what my brain's doing. It's clear why I'm struggling. And yet it was still happening. And I was so frustrated because I was like, well, I, I get it. I unlocked the understanding. And it's like, that doesn't matter. You have to build a new process. And that takes repetitive work. And finally, here I am towards the end of the year. It is end of the year. And I'm feeling like, oh my God, the work that I've done, it has felt so slow. It has felt like I've moved backwards so many times. And finally, I recognize, wow, that made a difference. Those little pieces of repetition made a huge, huge difference. I love it and I hate it. <laughs> so if you're someone who's like, but I've been trying to change, the question is, are you repeating the processes, processes, I don't know, um, over and over again? Are you constantly doing the work even when it certainly feels like it's not working? And now, of course, that almost like sounds like it goes against what I said. If you want things to be different, you got to do different. I think the, the key is that you have to understand what needs to be different and then do that and keep doing it over and over until you actually can say, oh, I see the actual results or I have actual data to show what that did. So I'm finally seeing like true change in my brain. And in literally how it's manifesting, like physical ways that it's doing stuff. And it's nowhere near good yet. Like it's, it's like a fraction of what it needs to be. But that's okay because it's a work in progress and I see the progress. And where I was was like, I don't know, visually like a fucking iceberg, deep, 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 deep in the sur under the surface that is like just trying to i don't know i don't know what an iceberg would try to do melt <laughs> um and it was so deep and you couldn't even tell anything was being done like it was being chipped away at or something you couldn't even tell that anything was happening and then after so so long finally it was like oh um, I think I chipped away at enough. I'm going to start floating away now. Um, you're going to be able to start to see me go on journeys now. I'm going to physically move now. Or another way I thought about it months ago and I, I really liked was this idea of almost like I was, I felt like I was like cast in stone, like Medusa came <laughs> and I was petrified into stone. and. I felt that for a long time, it was like I was being chipped away at very, very tiny, 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 because it was clear that if as, uh, if I was chiseled at too hard or you took like a nail and tried to break through the layers to get to me, you would just shatter me. Like I would just have crumbled into a gazillion pieces. I was fully stone. 
But instead, it was like tiny, tiny, tiny little bits, a little dusting, teeny little chiseling. And you were starting to see, wait, there's there's actually a human under there. And they're, they're not just only layers of stone. Wait, there's a human almost in a cast, petrified cast. So there is a fleshy human under there. We just need to get through the layers. So you can see teeny pieces and you're like, okay, wait, there's, we might be able to recover this. And so it was getting more and more. And then it felt like, and I guess I almost think I, I'm almost there. I noticed a few months ago, the work was starting to compound. I was starting to really feel it. And I was like, ooh, there's going to be a point soon where it's like the person underneath, me underneath, will be able to just sort of shake everything out. And all of it, all the stone will just fall away. But you had to keep working. And soon you could start breaking a little more. But if you had gone too hard too soon... It would have just been layers of stone. There would have been no fleshy person underneath. So that's how I felt. Like, I think I'm in my shaking phase. Like, okay, I'm just going to do a little shake and it's all just going to fall away. And I'm free again. So change takes repetition. And, but also if you want to do different, if you want things to be different, you got to do different. Um, This kind of goes along with these. Another thing I learned is like plans. It's good to make plans. Things they usually don't go the way you plan, right? And sometimes I think people think, well, then I should just not make plans. But I'm going to argue that for someone, especially who made a lot of plans and they all collapsed. Um, I think plans are really good because when they change, you can see why. You're not really going to be able to understand why, or you can't, you have to make plans. They, what's the saying, right? Like, Life is what happens while you're making plans or something like that. And it's true because I do think that as you make plans, you get, it makes you clear, this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. And when they change, it's not like, oh, what you were trying to do or be, it was wrong. It's, hey, it's not right now, or it needs something else before it can be that. And so that's what I've recognized. There are goals I have, like the book edit club I talked about. That is something I really want to do. But right now, there are other things that need to happen first. So plans are good. And when they change, just figure out why and learn from it because it's telling you something. This one, I think, is something a lot of moms deal with at some point is recognizing that putting myself first actually does make me a better mom. And it makes me a better person, a better role model, because I can show my kid what it looks like to be yourself. And also be a mom and a wife and a friend and a business owner. But when I gave up lots of things that made me me over the past couple of years to make more room for being a mom, I I lost sight of myself. I lost sight of who I was. And a lot of people think, oh, you become a mom and you lose, you know, you're only a mom. That's all you see. It's all you are. I would say what happened was it wasn't that I lost myself to being a mom so that I only became mom. It's that everything about me, I didn't prioritize holding on to. And so when it came down to this thing or something for your child, or 
is this what's more important, this or the child? It always went to my child. I would sacrifice anything for him, right? I would give up anything for my kid. And so when the question, when I presented that question to myself with so many things in my life, that soon I had actually given up everything for him. And it wasn't that I lost myself as into being a mom, that it was all I was. It was that it was all that was left. So there's all this empty space of what wasn't there anymore. It didn't get filled with being a mom. It just is empty space and mom space exists. And so that is something where I'm working on refilling that space to be like, hey, I'm not just a mom. These things are important. Sometimes these things are going are gonna to be prioritized over the mom stuff. And that's what's going to make me the best I can be actually, because I, I need to be me too, right? I am my own individual. I honor that my child is an individual. He is not an extension of me. He is himself. He's going to exist in this world as him. I can influence and help him and guide him, but he is him and I am me. And it's important we honor that in ourselves. So I got to show him what that looks like, right? So don't make everything a sacrifice. Is it my kid or me? Because sometimes that's not even the question that's being presented. So sometimes it would be like, daycare costs money. Do I get rid of, do I stop getting my nails done so my kid can go to daycare? I was like, well, yeah, when you put it that way, of course I give up my nails for my kid. Um, of course I give up getting my hair done for my kid. Of course I'd give up my gym membership for my kid. So when I phrase it that way, it's kind of like, well, of course, well, then I had nothing. That was, it might seem small, like getting my nails done, getting my hair done, working out. Um, but these are things that are something I freaking love. So when I started getting rid of all these things that I loved and like were important to me and made me feel me, I started not feeling like me. So I put, I put the wrong question in front of myself. It was never this or this, you know, this or take care of kid or give to kid. It's what are the things that you need to hold on to? What are the things you need to be the best mom? And if there are other things happening, where can we, you know, deal with that? But what can we do to make sure that you can be you and be mom? This applies to any parent, but I just, I know moms really feel this a lot. Hope that helps. This one's kind of funny. Allow yourself to be called out. I think as people, we are so desperate to preserve our self or preserve like what we believe to be true about ourselves, even even when it's not, you know, we're, we're preserving the wrong thing. Like I was preserving the sense of I'm not worthy of being a book editor or coach. And I mean, that was just a total lie. But sometimes we we work so hard to preserve these things, these lies. Sometimes you need to be called out. And I think that it's important to surround yourself with people who, when it's the right time, they will call you out. And that you are willing to say, you know what? The fact that you are is a big deal. That means it's something I need to see. If I dismiss it, then there, well, I'm not even bothering to grow. And you can make the decision, is this something that needs to be called out or no? When you get really honest with yourself, maybe it is, right? So at some point this year, I had a friend who was like, you know, 
I know your life is so busy, but like you have been kind of absent in this relationship. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to be, but I have noticed it too. I know that I am not putting what I know I'm capable of putting in this relationship. And it could be like, yeah, my life is really overwhelming. But you know what? Having that relationship helps make it feel a little less overwhelming. So putting a little more into it, even if all I could do is like 1% more, at that point, it was necessary. And that's when you have to say, is this something that's worth it or not? 100% it was. When my money coach called me out the other day and she was like, I would not have said this to you before, but we're going to go there and I'm going to say something that I'm very curious to see how to feel. She said this thing and I was like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, no, not something I want to hear, but it was something that was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah, I needed to be called out. You know, so there are things where it's important and you have to trust that. Look at who's saying something to you. Look at the frame they're doing it from. Are they really, is this in your best interest to understand and hear? Is it because they want you to be the best you can be? And if that's where it's coming from, then it's 100% worth listening to. So let yourself be called out sometimes. It's same with like um, social media. You might be someone who posts something that might be a little divisive. And that's fine. If you get called out, listen and say, hey, is this actually something that's valid I'm called out for? And what can it teach me? And it could be a huge game changer. You can grow so much. Get true with your inner goals. So stop hiding from your truth. This one's like, no one wants to hear it. Um, like we do, we think, oh, I'm honest with myself. But when it comes down to it, have you convinced yourself that that thing you want deep, deep, deep down is like ridiculous or not possible? Have you convinced yourself that you should just not really think about that? Or maybe one day you'll think about it. And trying to deal with or pursue it right now is just, why would you bother? Yeah. I definitely have those things. I think I am personally have to work through more of that. So I can't even go into that one that much. But I just, if you are able to stop hiding from your truth, say it out loud, write it down, do what you need to do to be like, this is actually what I really want. And once you can really get honest with that and allow it, that's awesome that you want that. That's cool. If that's what you want, then. And that's it. That's all there is to it. That's what you want. That's what we can figure out how to pursue. So as I've been getting clear on who I am, what I want in life, I'm starting to see these things like, okay, well, deep down, I've really wanted, you know, X, Y, Z for a long time. Why don't I just make small steps to pursue that? This last one is have a support group of some kind. People group, community. So I have a had a few things this year. So I had a therapist. I had I tried a business coach. She was useful, but it I needed something else. So she was more of like helping with accountability, but I needed like to do the deep work and figure out my shit. And so um I ended up finding this money coach and she's been 
the best ever. If you need a money coach or business coach, um, just send me a note, Katie McCoach at Katie McCoach on Instagram or Twitter, and I will give you her name because she's freaking fabulous as as fuck. And I worked with some other business people. I took courses. I follow different mentors. I listen to podcasts. I read books. I have a women's mastermind. So it's like less than 10 of us, maybe eight of us women, business owners. And we meet a couple times a month and we have a Slack group. And that has been really helpful is having people who, even if they're not in the same industry, they're just doing things. And the amount of things that we work through um, where it's, we're all kind of dealing with similar stuff is like very fascinating how we kind of deal with similar problems, a lot of self-doubt, things about showing up. That's always something that's really hard. And so that has been amazing. I also am in a book club, but it's a business book club. It's like self-help business. And so each month we read a book that helps with business mindset. That has been really, really great for me. I We've read you're a badass at making money, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I'm currently reading The Body Keeps the Score, this personally one I've been wanting to read. And it's been, oh, Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. It's been really good because we not only read the books, but then we talk about them. Story Brand by Donald Miller, that one was a good one. Yeah, so find your community of people. I think this is really important. Every time I've talked to any author, who's really felt good and successful, I swear it's always, they're always like, oh, my community, my people, my critique partners. Um, So find your people. Find your group. Find people who understand what you're going through. You know, I provide that as much as I can for my clients where, hey, I'm someone who's in your corner. I understand. I understand everything for the most part, but what I cannot really 100% provide is to be someone who's also doing it too. So it is really useful to find other writers who are also doing the same thing and trying to pursue the same thing because you guys can say, wow, we're all in this together. Like uh, we we're going through it. And so it's it really can help so much. And those relationships are just beautiful things because they're just so pure. And it's just people trying to help each other. And you might get help or you might help someone else. And either way, it's so good. So those have been some things that have really helped me this year. And I highly encourage you to find your people. And how do you find them? I had a couple friends and then they had friends. I met some people in some um, programs I took. So uh, I took some different like, you know, online programs and courses. And so there were a few people who were in those things. And then it was like, hey, who wants to, you know, help and join the mastermind? It's, you know, we have a free mastermind, it's just a free group. Um, so, you know, you just begin to build out your, your circles, go to conferences, go to events, join programs where there's community aspect, do things that step you outside the box a little bit too. That's always a tricky one, but that's where I've done some of my best growth is when I've just agreed to do something before I've thought too much about it. And you know what? That's going to be my last note. 
is if you are struggling um, in any way similar to how I've been this year or in other ways, and if you especially feel like you're holding back from doing things, what if you just did the thing before you could think about it? That's something that even what I'm doing right now is I have already convinced myself I'm just not even going to send this to my podcast editor. But what would be better is if I just did. And I just was like, I don't know. This is a little messy. This is all over the place. What if what if I just do it anyway? What if I just share it anyway? And he might be like, no. <laughs> there. Or he might be like, sure. And he might trim it up a little, make it a little less choppy. <laughs> but he might, you know, he might be able to be like, yeah, you know what? It's just, just fucking share it anyway. And that's something that I think is really good for some of us is sometimes when I was really dealing with self-doubt, I mean, I've been dealing with it, but I was trying to really like, how do I get out of this? And I literally looked up, how do you believe in yourself again? And this guy had a piece of advice. He was like, there's nothing that says you have to believe in yourself in order to take action. And that helped me, at least in my brain. I didn't actually do the work until like now-ish um, at this point of the year. But it helped me be like, okay, so you're right. I could just record this, post it, and that's it. I don't have to feel like it's going to actually work or be helpful or be useful. I can just post it anyway and then, okay, well, I survived that. So I could do it again. And eventually, eventually I'm going to believe in myself again. Eventually I'm not going to question it. So sometimes you have to take action before you can like literally think about it. And I've noticed actually with ADHD, I, I had this realization the other night, which is probably like other people have probably been like, duh. But for me, it finally clicked in. Uh, if I haven't, it's all about decisions for me. And I've known that for a while. But what I realized is I have to sometimes make decisions before I can contemplate my decisions. It's tough when you have self-doubt. You're like, well, I doubt my decisions. But at some point, I'm recognizing part of building up my confidence and trusting my instincts and who I am and what I need is making decisions faster and just being like, okay, it's okay if this is the wrong one. I will learn and I will do different. I will course correct. But if I truly don't know which way to go, I just have to pick one. And part of managing my ADHD is learning how to make decisions faster and moving forward with it without shame or guilt on the decision I make. And it's just like, hey, if you're at a crossroads and you really don't know which one to pick and you, you know, maybe even do a quick like, well, how do I make the best decision? And you ask yourself like, okay, is this right for me? What do I need to know to make a better decision? Do I need to know anything? Um, is putting this off going to hurt me in any way? So sometimes, yeah, the answer is often inaction is going to lead to something. Is that where you want it to go? Or would you rather take action, see how that turns out and then do something about it? And that's where I've, I am now is recognizing that when I can't decide something, I could stand in a trance and pull my hair or crack my knuckles or pick up my skin or do something for 30 minutes. I could just be there in my head, dissociating from making decisions. But that's literally mean 
by not making a decision, I am making one. And the moment I finally do make one, I'm like, okay, Katie, this is what you're going to do. Even if it's like, okay, you're going to go take a shower instead of try to eat food. Even when it's that small, suddenly their weight is lifted. Like, okay, you made a decision. Who cares if it's exactly the right one in this moment? You just made one and now you're moving forward instead of staying there in a trance for 44, 40 minutes more. You did something. If you don't do anything, something's going to happen because of your inaction or you're going to be forced into a situation that maybe you never wanted. You know, if I, if I sit there for 40 minutes and I'm like, do I go take a shower or do I eat dinner? Well, once 40 minutes goes by, it might be, the question might not be the same anymore. It might be, okay, well, it's too late for dinner and it's too late for a shower. So now what? You know, so sometimes you just have to move forward. Just make a decision and then look at the data. How did that turn out? Is that the decision you need to make again next time? Yes or no? And keep moving forward. So make decisions faster. And don't judge yourself for what you do. Just make them faster, move forward, and see how it turns out. No judging involved. No judging. That is my big thing that I've learned this year. Do not judge my brain for how it works. Do not judge me for having these feelings and thoughts and stuff. I am awesome the way I am. I just need to, I don't even need to do anything. But if I want things to be different, there are things I could do differently to get the outcomes that feel most aligned with me. That is what I want for you, my friend. Okay, I think I'm going to leave y'all with that. Until next time, writers, keep growing. Keep growing.